title of today, based off of this and this, this question right here at the end, says, can such faith save his soul? If you have no works, if you have no good works or no action, no labor, can you save your soul? Um, so I, I gave the media department my, my, my title. It's called Benchwarmers. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about a couple things a little bit today. Um, and it's, it's particularly funny on Sunday that we're going to talk about bench warmers. Now, we can go in a couple different directions. Later on today, the most gladiatorial sport in the history of mankind will commence at 1 o'clock. And I am so eager, so eager to see. I'll throw you out for the Cowboys comment. <laughs> so we're talking about football. And when you look at, when you see it on Sunday, Monday night, Thursday, whomever, um, you'll see folks warming the bench. People that aren't really in the game. Like the Cowboys. A team that's not really in the game. So, so when I had this conversation with God, he called me a bench warmer. Now that, that hurt me. That hurt me deeply. Because I, I like to think that I'm pretty good at everything. Now, my wife will tell you that that's not true, but I like to think it, so at least I can think that way. But when you think about bench warmers, you think about folks that just aren't quite good enough to get into the game. They just kind of stand around. They spectate. They see things from the sideline. They'll cheer every now and then, but really have no idea what it's like to be in the game. It's like, Dave, that's how I see you right now. I said, you're letting your life pass you by. I said, you're a bench warmer. I said, I've got a great plan for you. I said, but you won't execute. So today, as believers, we're going to talk about bench warmers who refuse to execute. We want to get from being on the bench to being in the game. Now, it's a little warm, so I'm taking this off. I'm not trying to be cool. I'm just, <laughs> thank you, dear, overheating at this point. So let's get back into James real fast. And, um, you know, I have, I have a couple things for you. Said so bench warmers pe- uh, typically are people who are reserve players. They don't see any action on the field. They're spectators mostly. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about bench warmers, people that hold places in the church building, that just warm a seat or warm a bench. We're going to talk about people that just through their life refuse to take action on what God is asking them, telling, demanding, yeah. commanding them to do. Now, the elder here talked about resting. Are you napping or are you resting? Yeah. Said so now, there's a nice little tie-in that we have here, so I appreciate what you said. And we'll get to that later on. So, but God is looking for people. Here's the cliff note version. And if you understand it, you could probably leave and that's okay. But God is looking for folks that will actually execute yeah. on their faith. Yeah. So when you read here in James and he's asking this very specific question, how do you have faith or say you have faith but no good works or no action to show for it? I said, can you save your very soul? If you skip down to verse 17, it says, so also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power. It's inoperative or dead. Now, I can hear some of you in the building saying, that's not me. Because when I read this, I said the same thing. <laughs> no, Lord. You, no, you're talking to somebody else. I said, no, my faith works great. He's like, no, your mouth works great. Wow. I said, you can talk all you want. Yeah. 
I said, but you have no corresponding action. You bear no fruit. So how can you say you're fruitful with no fruit? You are a believer that doesn't believe. You are supposed to be walking by faith, but you're actually walking by sight. So Dave, you know what you are? You're the, I need to see it to believe it guy. But I need folks to believe and then see it. That's right. That's right. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. How do I get there? Wow. What do we got to do? I said, so, you know, it's going to be real quiet today. All right. And that's fine. Because God is trying to get things to you. Yes. That's his main focus. He doesn't want to take stuff from you. Right. He's trying to get things to you. Yeah. Now, what would you say if I told you that God already has a plan, a way of escape, and a life of prosperity and ease already laid out for you? Mm. Would you believe me? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then why aren't we living it right now? Now, I'll show you why, and that's the punchline. I'll get you. Well, not you, dear. I'm not going to mess with you. You'll cut me. But uh, we have 23 minutes to get to where we need to go. So if you, uh, if you have the Bible media, if you can throw this up in the message Bible for me, there's a lot of things that are happening here in James that we need to take action and take heed to. So verse 18 of James chapter 2 in the Message Bible reads as such, I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department, I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Now when you hear this works part, we're talking about action, labor, like you actually doing something with this word that you have sitting in your lap right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Doing something with that word that you should have buried inside your heart. Yes. Doing something with that word that is preached in thousands upon thousands of churches every day. Mm. What are you doing with it? So Lord, okay, okay. Faith and works, works and faith, fit together, hand in glove. Do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe you complacently sitting back as if you had done something wonderful? Warming the bench. So, Lord, you know what? You saved my soul. That's great. Thank you for your salvation. And you sat down. And you decided that living in the background was enough. Just viewing everyone else receiving all that God has for them was enough for you. But it shouldn't be. Not when we get down to Galatians when he talks about all the wonderful things he has for you. So, so, so Lord, explain to me, what do I need to do? He said, that's just great. Demons do that. I said, so what you're doing is nothing special. He said, the enemy can do that. The enemy can run his mouth and talk a good game, just like you are. And okay said, but what good does it do them? Use your heads. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? You can't do it. Now, the reason why this is important, because I've sat in church myself and said, it don't take all of that. 
Why are you running around here acting all crazy? What's with the hooping and the hollering? It don't take all that. Why are you yelling, pleading, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus? Why are you speaking? It don't take all that. So, Lord, if you wanted me to bless, you, you would bless me. And that was my mentality. And that's a lot of mentality of believers today because they just expect things to fall out of the sky. Like the pastor says, like ripe apples from a tree. He said, it's not going to happen. Your faith today is going to require you to actually do something with this word that he has given to you. Now, it's easy to say, but it's hard to do. But if I were to show you that, it's really not that hard. Would you try? Yeah. Would you try? Would you actually believe God? Yeah. I think you said you were fool enough to believe, right? I'm silly. I like fool enough better. I'm fool enough better to believe God at his word. You can be silly, but I'm a fool, and that's okay. And that's fine, and, that, and that's all right. I said, but we have to get to the point where we actually stop saying, yes, Lord, I do believe, and actually start believing. That's right. Instead of just saying, one day, one day, one day, but actually start partaking in his richness and his greatness now, yes. right now. Right. And so many of us are just warming the bench, watching everyone else participate and partake of God's greatness and his glory. And we're casting aside our grace, our grace, that wonderful gift that's been given to us. Yes. We're just not interactive with God. And he's looking, just itching, waiting for someone to say, here I am, Lord. I'll do whatever you say. So most of us really are just stuck at the starting line of our life, our spiritual life, that is, because we refuse to engage. So, Lord, I don't want a corpse on my hands. I, I, I don't want you to call me a bench warmer. I don't want you to question my love for you, my duty, any of that, any of that. So verse 25 says, the same Rahab, the Jericho harlot, wasn't her action in hiding God's spies and helping them escape that seamless unity of believing and doing what counted with God. The very moment you separate body and spirit, you end up with a corpse. Separate faith and works, and you get the same thing, a corpse. So when I had this conversation with God, he basically told me I was a dead man. I was a dead man walking. He said, your faith is dead, Dave. Said things are happening in your life. Said, and it's your fault because you won't engage me. You actually won't take the time to execute this word in your life. Yeah. Said, and you know, and you know, and you know, yeah. and you know what I can do for you. Yeah. But yet, and still, you sit on your hands because you're afraid to engage God. Yeah. Now, what sense does it make yes. to serve a God that spoke the world into existence, yeah. but then not believe? that he could actually help you in your life. What sense does it make? You're wasting your time. You're wasting his time. And what he wants is for you to get off the bench and get in the game. Now, here's an interesting fact about bench warmers. And, you know, I, Elder talking about resting. And I'm like, Lord, I, you know, give me your peace. Give me, give me hope. I, I, you know, I, I want to be settled in this. I was like, well, you can't. I said, you'll never experience this piece because you're sitting, you're riding the bench. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at a football team, and today I challenge you to do this, when you look at a game, okay. all the players line up on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Now, bench players aren't allowed to actually sit on the bench. You know why? That's a place for the active players to rest. Wow. Hmm. 
They'll fight you. They literally will. See, now it's like, oh, you're riding the pine, you don't get in the game. But actually, that seat is reserved for the people that are actually doing combat in the game in action. Said, so you will never find rest in your life, David, because you haven't engaged yet. So you're not allowed to sit down. You're just going to pace the sidelines back and forth, wondering, Lord, when is it going to be me? He said, when you yourself won't even open up your own playbook and see all the great things that I have for you. Wow. said, when I called you the head and not the tail. When I said you could be above only and never again beneath. Yeah. When I gave you that grace, that new mercy every day, and you just shucked it aside. Jesus. said, that's why you're restless. So because you haven't done enough to sit back and relax. Mm -hmm. See, the player on the field that engages, that's in the action, he knows the plays. He knows what the coach called, and he will execute that play. Mm -hmm. You'll see that tonight right around 8.30. And right now, my brother, <laughs> so right now, what he's looking for are folks that will actually be obedient to the faith. Your actions will be obedient to his faith. So now, what will you do? So now, if I engage the way he already instructed me to do, he said, I'll make sure that I take care of you. Said, and because of the game plan that I have set up for you, the plays that I've called for your life, now you'll be able to sit and rest on the work that I've already done for that's you. Right. That's and right. that's ultimately what he wants you to do. Said, you know what, Lord? I want to rest. I want to rest completely in all that you are and all that you have. And, 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 and tell me, how do I get there? How, how do I do it? How do I do it? You know, I, I don't want to be the guy that lives my life on the sidelines. See, when you're the captain of the football team, you get all the accolades. Yeah. Like, people respect you. They think you're awesome. People cheer your name. They do all those things. But the bench warmer, you know what he does? He carries that guy's bag. <laughs> people don't come to cheer the bench warmers. They come to cheer the actual team that's doing action. See, the bench warmer, much like in church, will see everyone enjoying the spirit, and it'll be high. And people will be in here getting delivered. And the bench warmer does this. Hallelujah. And that's all their experience is. Yeah. Watching other folks partake of God's goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Watching other people get delivered. Mm -hmm. So when, when, when are you going to get tired of doing that? Yeah. When are you going to get tired of watching everyone else receive all that God has for them? Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, Lord, I'm ready to receive all that you have for me, yes. what they do is complain about the guy that God blessed. Yes. You don't want to hear that, though. That's terrible. Oh, my God. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about how they complain when the sister gets up and talks about how great God is and the new house that she got and the new car that she got. Nobody wants to be happy. Everybody just says, well, what about me? And you can see it and you can feel it. But instead... The believer will jump right in right. and say, you got yours, right. so I'm getting mine. That's right. That's right. That's right. See, the bench warmer will get upset when people get healed yes. because it's like, well, I'm still coming in here with my back broken every day. 
How come it's not happening to me? How come, how come, how come? Instead of saying, thank God for your healing. I know mine's here right now. That's right. See, so it's a paradigm that needs to shift when you have people that should be on the same page. Just like the body of the Christ. It's the same team, right? Yes. So if we're on the same team, why would I be upset for my teammates being successful? I'm going to congratulate you. Because the better you do, the better I'll do. But we have this bench warmer, bottom feeding mentality as believers. And we've gotten so accustomed to watching our lives be played out as just something that's rote instead of engaging God at the point of contact. So every morning when you wake up, God, like it says in Psalms, hear me at it again, Lord, calling your name. I'm laying my life out on this altar and I am waiting for your fire to descend upon my life. Who's doing that? Who's expecting that? Who's executing that in their lives so we can see God actually show out? So, Lord, how does it happen? Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. So, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified as soon as I get there. Now, we know, we know this. It's part of the Roman road. You often hear about this when it's talking about salvation. You know, you know this part right here. So Romans 10, verse 9, Amplified says, Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. For with this, the heart a person believes, adheres to, trust in, and relies on Christ and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses, declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. Said they put faith into action the very moment that you spoke those words. Lord, I know I'm a mess. Clean me up. Yes, I believe that you died for my sins, that you rose from the dead. Yes, I believe that you're the only son of God. Come to my heart. Yes. So now at that very moment, you use faith and action. That's right. And so many of us who are stuck at that starting line mm-hmm. have not gotten beyond yes. that point. Yes. So, well, Lord, how do I receive all that? Well, I got you. So, well, listen, you never, you have never, ever seen God. You've never seen him right. with your physical eyes. Right. You've never seen him. You've never seen Jesus with your physical eyes. You've never seen him ever. Right. So, but yet and still, you believe that he died for you, yeah. even when you hated him. So, so at the very basic core, you actually want to be in the game. Yeah. You actually want to execute God's plan in your life. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't, then you wouldn't have believed. Yes. But here you have. Yeah. So, so why not take the next step yes. and continue to confess with your mouth? Mm-hmm and believe in your heart everything that God has for you. Now I'm getting ahead of myself because I got next Sunday to get into this, but this is the very key that we have been missing. For those folks that have not yet fully engaged God on a very basic level, said, yes, Lord, you saved my soul and that's great because I don't want to go to hell. Nobody wants to die and go to hell. Said, I've done that. 
but he wants more for you. Mm -hmm. So this action right here in Romans 10 mm -hmm. has to be something that we continually do yeah. and apply to every area of our life. Like, Lord, you said in your word this, so I'm going to confess it with my mouth. Because I've never seen his actual plan for my life. Mm -hmm. Never seen it. But I have to believe it to be true, though, yeah. so that I can receive it for myself. So, so we talked about this earlier, is that, you know what, I'm not a see to believe, I'm a believe to see. Are you a see to believe or are you a believe to see kind of person? Now, don't answer that right now, but that's got to be something you have to seriously think about. That's right. Lord, you know what? I believe your word. That's right. And I will see that manifested in my life. That's right. And I will continue to speak it with this mouth that's right. that's right. and believe it with this heart because you already have a plan of perfection for me. You've already given me grace. You've given me your mercy. Lord, I want to accept that for me. For me. Romans chapter 1, verse 5, real fast. Romans 1, 5 in the Amplified Bible says, It is through him that we have received grace, God's unmerited favor. So it's through him. Nothing else. He gave this to you. And our apostleship to promote the obedience to faith and make disciples for his name's sake among all the nations. So through him we receive God's unmerited favor, and our job is to continue to promote obedience to his faith. Lord, my job is to be obedient to faith. That's my job. You say, walk by faith, then I have to be obedient and walking by faith. And that's where the rubber meets the road, ladies and gentlemen. That's the answer to the test. Are you being obedient to faith? Lord, I, no, I haven't been. Because if I were, you wouldn't be telling me to do it now. So, so yeah, my job is to be obedient to faith. Ephesians chapter 2, real fast. And I got six minutes and we're going to wrap this up. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. The Amplified says, for it is by free grace that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not for your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do. So no one can pride himself or take glory to himself. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good to know? Yes. Born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us, taking path which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. We're his handiwork. He said, I have, I read this and it blew my mind. Because, he says, I, I already know what I want to do with you. I already know what I want to do with you. He knows what he wants to do with each and every one of you. Already. I mean, it says right here. He says, I have prepared your path ahead of time. 
and I want you to live the good life ahead of time. Yes. Said, so, so why wouldn't you do this? Therefore remember that at one time you were Gentiles, heathens in the flesh, called uncircumcised by those who called themselves circumcision, mm -hmm. itself a mere mark in the flesh made by human hands. Yeah. Remember that you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ, excluded, excluded from all part in him. Said, so you were never, ever, ever a part of that family. You were never, ever, ever, ever supposed to receive any of those benefits. Mm -hmm. But yet he deemed you worthy enough yes. to bring you back. Thank you, Lord. He said, you know what? Salvation, you didn't do anything to deserve it. My grace, you didn't do anything to deserve it. My mercy, you didn't do anything to deserve it. He said, actually, what you deserve is death. Yes. said, but because I love you, yes. even though you hate me, yes. I love you, wow. and I am willing to do this so that this plan that I have for your life, this plan of good that I predestined for you, even when you hated me. Think about this. God had a plan of success for your life when you hated him. Yes. He still wanted your best end to happen. Wow. Yes. So, Lord, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, remember that time when you were separated from Christ? Yes. Utterly estranged and outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation and strangers with no share in the sacred compacts or the promises, with no knowledge or right in God's agreement and his covenants. And you had no hope, no promise. You were in the world without God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were so far away, through by and in the blood of Jesus Christ have been brought near. For he himself, our peace, our bond of unity and harmony, has made us both Jew and Gentile one body and has broken down and destroyed and abolished the hostile dividing wall between us all. He said, I have done a wonderful thing to unite you next to me. And every time when you do, do not partake of this salvation, this grace, this plan of perfection that I have for you, essentially what you're doing is ignoring me and refusing God's grace. So basically, when you are a bench warmer, when you decide not to fully engage God at that point of contact, you're ignoring and making God's sacrifice on that cross of no effect wow. for you. So every single thing that he just said about you, how great you are and how much he loves you and the covenant that he wants to give to you and the hope that you should have, yeah. you are ignoring because you're too scared to say, yes, Lord, I'll follow you completely. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now that's heavy to hear yeah. when you think you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And that word rattled around in this noggin for a good long time. Mm. Said, Lord, you are going to have to forgive me for every single time that I made your son dying on that cross of no effect. Lord, you're going to have to forgive me that every single time where you put your path and your plan in front of me and I sidestepped what you had for me. Lord, forgive me. Yes. Lord, forgive me when I'm doing all of those silly things. I have the gall and the audacity to question your sovereignty in my life. Forgive me. So I don't want to be a bench warmer anymore. I want to execute your plan for my life. Yes, yes. Do you want to execute God's plan for your life today? Yes, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Stand to your feet.
When you get a minute, read Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 in the Message Bible. Because it talks about how God wants to justify you, bring you back into this family. And we don't recognize what he wants to do for us. So today, we're going to make sure that we are clearly believing God's word and that we are expecting every single thing that he has for us today. And Lord, we're going to engage you on all fronts. When we talk about none of me and all of you, Lord, I really do mean it today. Lord, here's an opportunity for you to come in and do a clean sweep in my life. Come through and get out all the junk that's stopping me from getting close to you. We read it here. It said he broke down that partition so he could usher you into the family. Stop picking up those bricks that he has already broken and stop trying, stop trying to build that wall again. He said he wants it gone. So, so from today, so from today, so Lord, I want to engage you completely. None of me, all of you. Yes. None of me and all of you. Yes. Can we do that today? Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 